Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Okay, today I want to welcome Ivy to the podcast. I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a minute, but before I do that, I would like to just share a couple of things about Ivy. She is actually my colleague that shares a wall, so sometimes I can hear her laughing in session. Um, We're both marriage and family (laughs) therapists, and she will be on the other side of the wall, and I know her sessions are going well. (laughs) So Ivy, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you're very right. Outside of giggling from time to time, um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist for women and couples, and my specialties are anxiety and insomnia. I have a little bit of an obsession about good quality sleep. Yes, and that's actually the reason why we've invited Ivy to be here today. That, and I just think she's a winsome person. (laughs) So, Ivy... um, I thought just so people could get to know you, I'd tell them how we actually met. So, okay. (laughs) uh, Ivy actually stalked me online. No, just kidding. Ivy found my profile online and she wanted to network with other therapists in the area. And so I uh, reverse stalked her after she reached out to me and I said, hey, this is another therapist who's close to my age group. She's got children she's a Christian, like, we're probably going to be friends, right? Like, no, no stranger danger at all. And so I invited Ivy, just come right over to my house and have a cup of tea on my couch. Because, you know, we both have small children, and it was hard to, you know, actually go out for coffee. And so Ivy was willing to come over and come into a strange lady's house. And we became fast friends and later moved in together as office mates. (laughs) So to recap, folks, what she's saying is she invites a total stranger whom she has never met to come into her home where her kids (laughs) sleep to have coffee together. (laughs) Yeah. And if I had never done that, then we would have never bought furniture together. (laughs) That is true. That is very true. (laughs) So now we're coming up on the two-year mark of sharing an office together. And one of the things that I do like about you, Ivy, is that you're just so driven and ambitious. Like you see a problem and you want to tackle it. You want to reach more people. And all at the same time, you are still loyal and faithful to this calling that, you know, God has a calling on your life and that you want to teach people about uh, prayer and about uh, honoring God with their mental health. And that's what we're all about here. So today though, we're going to talk about sleep. And first of all, we all think with that, we know, oh yeah, like sleep is important. You're supposed to get seven to eight hours a Uh night. Right. Uh But tell us just why you think sleep is important. Well, if you think about the human body, our bodies work super, super hard all day, right? Your brain is always going, trying to send all the signals. Your heart is trying to beat and it's pumping blood everywhere. Your lungs are trying to keep you alive. 
everything is working well, like a well-oiled machine. And then when you sleep at night, that is the time for your body to finally get rest. It's so super important. Remember, your body is an oiled machine, but if you're not sleeping, then that machine begins to break. So sleep helps to give your brain a break. It gives your organs a break. It helps you feel refreshed. It helps to balance out your mood. And it even helps your immune system get stronger so that your body can work hard and fight diseases all day long. Yeah. So what are some of the effects that you see if people aren't getting adequate sleep? So some people have issues with their memory. They can't really remember much. Their mood, they're feeling, they're feeling cranky constantly or their anger issues. They can't focus at all. They're not very efficient at home or at work. And some people, it actually affects their blood sugar as well. Hmm. They get sick constantly. It's just really bad brain fog. They get dependent on caffeine or dependent on substances. Some people just want to isolate and then it actually leads to anxiety and depression. So Mm -hmm. really, really big thing right here. Yeah. And I've even seen as a therapist, when I see a client that's coming in with anxiety or depression, one of the Mm -hmm. first questions I ask is, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping enough? Are you sleeping too much? Because those can be Mm -hmm. tied into those diagnoses. But also I've found that if people just get the right amount of sleep, that a lot of those symptoms resolve themselves. They're not moody anymore. They're not cranky anymore. They feel like they can face the day. And so you actually have a way that you um, help people with sleep, correct? Yes. Yes. It is called CBTI. It's Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia. And it really is the gold standard for insomnia treatment in the U.S. No medications, no doctor's visits. It's just working on your thoughts about sleep, working on your sleep hygiene. So those are the little behaviors that you can do so that you set up your environment in a way that makes you comfortable enough to sleep. And then we do a lot of breathing and relaxation so that all those things work together to help your body, encourage your body to finally be able to shut down instead of being on high alert all day long. And we essentially will just reset your body's circadian rhythm. That's basically what it is. So it's a reset that you do with the aid of a therapist, right? Exactly. So how did you, in the first place, become interested in helping people with sleep? Well, I've always been obsessed with sleep. It's always been a thing for me. Like everybody would make fun of me when I was growing up, like, okay, Ivy needs to sleep. Like, do you want to play some more? I'm like, no, I need to go to bed. And they were like, okay, she's strange. And even in college, when people are like, do you want to stay up and hang out? And I'm like, no, got to go to bed. I've (laughs) always loved sleep. But I grew up in a household with a dad who was a lifelong insomniac. Mm. He just couldn't sleep. And my grandma was the same way. And I grew up believing that it was just something that ran in the family. Once you have insomnia, you'll always have insomnia. And that's what they always believed. And I was talking to a colleague of mine and she mentioned something about CBTI and it's doing all these great things for her clients. And she's using it with combat vets and they're getting great results and they are off medications after a few weeks. And I was like, what? 
because as a, as a therapist who works with anxiety, sleep mm-hmm. is a huge issue for majority of my clients. And I just wasn't feeling like I was helping them with the sleep component. And I felt the same way you said, Anne, if I could help them sleep, then maybe out of the anxiety and depression would just resolve itself. So I dove in and decided I'm going to get trained in CBTI. I'm going to start using it. Let's see if this thing actually works. And the results were mind blowing. It, it really, really works in majority of the clients that use it. Yeah. So while you were doing this training, did you mm-hmm. run across any kind of crazy statistics or information you think people would be interested to know? Yes. So I learned that most people at some point in their life have talked in their sleep. Very interesting. Apparently that's something that we all do. (laughs) And on average, we wake up about five to six times every night. We -hmm. just don't remember. And another one that I think is also interesting is that we dream for about two hours a night, two hours. We're spending Mm -hmm. so much time dreaming. And of course, about a third of adults will struggle with insomnia at some point in their lives. Yeah. And I think maybe the scariest one as a woman is that women are about 40% more likely to struggle with insomnia than men. And I think it's because, of course, they are doing so much at home with the kids, doing so much domestic work. Yeah. And now lots of women are working both outside of the home and inside of the home. So the emotional burden definitely takes yeah. a toll. The mental load is just too much uh-huh. to shut down at the end of the day. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit ago, you mentioned sleep hygiene, which I always think is a funny word because it sounds like (laughs) dental hygiene or personal hygiene when it really doesn't mean anything about your cleanliness, right? Right. So explain to us what sleep hygiene is. Sleep hygiene is just some activities that you can do to prepare your body for sleep. It's setting up a great mental environment and physical environment so that your body can shut down. So think about it this way. For your body to finally shut down, you have to put it in the most effective system possible. Mm -hmm. That's all that that means. So your bedroom, what does that look like? What are you wearing? What does your environment sound like? Are you comfortable in your home? Are you comfortable in your room? Um, What is your mind feeling like before you go to bed at night? It's little things that you do, little tweaks that you can do so that you set yourself up for sleep success. Sleep success, that sounds like a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sleep success means, you know, having a consistent time that you go to bed, yes. having a consistent environment. And that's one of the things that I do find with clients that and there's a lot of people that don't have a bedtime or that don't mm-hmm. have a bedtime routine. And right. I'm, I'm probably more in your camp where like every night I'm doing the same thing at the same time mm-hmm. and hitting the pillow at the same time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I generally sleep really well and feel good. And so then when I work with clients who are like, eh, sometimes I go to bed at midnight, sometimes 2 a.m. I'm, I'm thinking, no, 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 no. We're going to get this no. turned around. If you yes. sleep earlier and you sleep at the appropriate times, this is going to be better for your overall mental health, your productivity, your relationships even. That is true. And so is it true that, that people should sleep eight hours and is there an ideal time for people to sleep? Well, here's the thing. Don't necessarily get caught up on the numbers. The But if we're, we are going to talk about a number, seven hours has actually been found to be the optimal number. Hmm. However, that being said, 
everyone has different sleep needs. I could definitely not survive on seven hours. I need way more than seven hours. Some people need closer to nine hours. So you just have to tweak it and see what works for you, right? Some people are early birds and they'll wake up at 4 a.m. every morning and that's what works for them. Some people need to wake up closer to 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Try different schedules and see what works for you. However, I would say though, the one mistake that a lot of people make about their sleep is that they sleep in on the weekends. Yeah. So on the days when they're off work, they'll say, I typically wake up at 6 a.m. Today's Saturday, I'm not working. So I'm going to wake up at 10 a.m. Hmm. So what that is doing is it's throwing your body's clock off kilter. Your body needs to know when it's supposed to wake up and when it's supposed to sleep. And yes, even though I said that your body is a well-oiled machine, it really does there's certain things that your body just doesn't know about. So you have to tell your body when you want it to shut down and when you want it to wake up. And if you don't have that regular wake up time and sleep time every day, your body doesn't know when to produce melatonin for you to shut down and when to produce adenosine, which helps you kind of wake Mm. up and be alert during the day. Yeah, I think I noticed that more as I've aged. I'm at the end of my 30s now. And so before when I was in my 20s, I I could do that like sleep early on the on the weekdays and sleep in on the weekends. And the older I get, the more careful I'll I'll look roll over and look at the clock. I'm like, Oh, 730. I better get up or everything's, <laughs> everything's over. Cause my normal wake time right. is around six. So then if mm-hmm. I sleep past seven on the weekends, it's, it's not good for those, uh, Saturday, Sunday nights. <laughs> right. And give yourself one hour. So if you are going to sleep in, pick two days out of the week. So actually schedule it. If you can pick two days out of the week, and don't sleep in for more than one hour later than your yeah. typical wake up time. Yeah, that seems to work really well. Yeah. Now, Ivy, I know you have a heart for moms too. And so sleep can get real crazy once you bring a baby into the mix. And sometimes moms just have to sleep whenever they can. Uh And then you get these little people that want to wake up with the sun and you never sleep (laughs) ever again. (laughs) Right. So, So do you have any tips for moms or for, for family sleep systems? So if it is a, say, multi-generational family system, or if you have a partner in the home, make this a point of discussion, Mm -hmm. right? One thing that me and my husband did is that we shared the load as much as we could. So he'd say, okay, Monday and Tuesday, I pick up the baby at night, and then Wednesday and Thursday, you do it. So that way, somebody was always getting sleep. And back then, as a breastfeeding mom, I'm like, how do I how does this work? Because if I'm breastfeeding, (laughs) he can't feed the baby. So then I'd pump at night. Mm -hmm. And that way he could always feed the baby at night when he needed to. Um, It's also important. I know in the early years, it's very difficult to get, especially with newborns, to get them on a sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. But try and do that as much as you can. Because when they're first born, they have no idea when they're supposed to be waking up and sleeping. So that's when that sleep hygiene becomes very important. In the evenings, you know, you can start to close off the blinds so that there's less light coming in, Mm -hmm. which will then help their bodies produce melatonin. Your body works with sunlight. Mm -hmm. We're almost like plants. It's like, it's (laughs) such a complex system, but very simple at the same time. So when your eyes hit sunlight, that tells your body, oh, it's time to wake up. That changes your body temperature. That makes it a little bit warmer. 
-hmm. And that then tells your brain, okay, it's time to wake up and produce all of the great hormones that, that she needs to wake up in the morning. And then in the evening, as the sunlight, you know, sun is going down, create a little bit of darkness in your home so that your body then begins to produce melatonin. Same thing for the kids and same thing for babies. An hour before bedtime, I know it's difficult with, with young ones, not even really having a bedtime, but create that bedtime if you can. Um, something that works for a lot of moms, and I know this, some moms love this and some moms don't, is co-sleeping. Mm. Because that way you don't necessarily have to get out of the bed to do the feedings yeah. and the changes, like everything just happens right there in the bed. And some moms say that their babies sleep a lot deeper when they just, because they can sense that mom or dad is in the bed with them and they just are able to just, you know, calm down a little bit more. So those are just some, some little things that, that you can do to just, mm -hmm. but I mean, in the first few years, unfortunately, you might never get seven or eight hours <laughs> in a stretch. Yeah. I mean, but the great thing about that too is that because your body is a well-oiled machine, your body learns how to adjust to not sleeping. You, you'll be pretty cranky, but your body will learn how to just adjust and do everything that it still needs to do. Yeah, I really found that. My oldest is 11. And so for the past 12 years, because you don't always sleep that great during pregnancy, uh, for yes. the past 12 years, I've been sleep deprived pretty much because, wow. because uh, my kids, for some reason, didn't sleep through the night until they were six years old. Oh my gosh. That's a <laughs> so lot. I got really used to uh, just surviving on broken sleep. Like you sleep for a couple yeah. hours and then you're up with a kid and then you sleep for a couple hours and then you're up with a different kid. Yeah. And now that my youngest is almost six, he actually has been really good. He's been sleeping through the night since he was about four. And so Yay. now that I'm back to having uninterrupted sleep, if there's a night where somebody's sick or has a bad dream, then the next mm -hmm. day I'm just ruined. <laughs> I'm like, I Aww. used to do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Don't yeah. fail me now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really hard. So, okay. So I, when you were talking about sunlight, I was remembering, um, some things that I've heard about blue light of screens mm -hmm. and all of that. Yeah. And, and so is that the same process that's happening? Like our bodies are thinking it's sunshine when we see the screens. So what happens is when you're, when you see the screen, for some reason, it just blocks production of melatonin. Like your, your body is like reading it in a weird way. And it's like, what is this thing? Okay. Let me just stay alert. Let me not produce melatonin so that you don't go to sleep. So it's this weird artificial light that your, your body just doesn't even know what it is at all, which is why I tell all of my clients an hour before bedtime, put away your phones, your tablets, just all electronics. Blue light doesn't affect everyone, mm. but it's just a good practice to get your mind calm and quiet an hour before bed so that your okay. body just knows to relax. Yeah, good. Now, Ivy, we're both people who love God and yes, we read our Bibles and we attend church and all that, but I don't necessarily think that Christians talk all the time about sleep or why sleep might be yeah. important for Christians or why God would even care about sleep. And so in your right. process of becoming like this uh, sleep expert, what, what are some of your thoughts about that? God a hundred percent loves for you to sleep. Remember on the seventh day, what did he do? 
he rested. Yeah. He rested. He didn't sleep, but he rested, which I think is our human equivalent of self-care and sleep and rest and nurturing our bodies. And the way he designed our bodies, he clearly did not expect us to be going, going, going 24 hours of the day. He created our bodies to be able to shut down a few hours a day, recharge, replenish so that we can wake up the next day and go on and do things. Something that I really love to point out to clients, I say, Jesus took naps. Oh, yeah. Jesus took a nap. It was in the Bible. He had times when he decided, let's go away to a quiet place. Sometimes he'll go away to pray. Sometimes he'll go away to fellowship with the disciples. And there was the story when there was the storm. And what was mm-hmm. Jesus doing? He was taking a nap. Sleeping in the boat. (laughs) Sleeping in the boat. And I've always thought of that as a great example for us. Jesus probably didn't really need to rest if he didn't want to. But that was a great example that we are supposed to just relax and rest sometimes so that we can recharge enough to go back into the world and complete the missions and the callings that God has for our lives. Yeah. That's really great. I'm thinking now that we're talking about it, like different Bible verses are running through my head that do actually talk about sleep. Like e- even yes. in the Psalms where David's saying like, I can sleep without fear because like God is yes. protecting me. And so from the old Testament creation through the new Testament, we see that yes. this, this is an important part of what it means to be a follower of God. Absolutely. Sleep is very important. I don't think God put us on this earth to just be go, go, go all the time. I think he wants us to have rest. The word rest is, you know, rampant throughout the Bible. I think he wants us to have peace. That's also very rampant throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he wants us to be in chaos, which if you don't get enough sleep, you will feel like you're in chaos all the time. Your mind and your body are in chaos without sleep. Yes. It's a process of ordering. Even when you look at uh, what happens when we're dreaming, it's like our, our mind is organizing and filing away information that we've received over the last few days or even back years before. And so it is the process of order and not chaos, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He doesn't want us to be in chaos all of the time. No. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, So I would like to hear a little bit more about CBTI and just like, what are the components? Like if somebody wanted to do cognitive behavior therapy for insomnia, what would that look like? So it's a six week process. That's all it is. Six weeks, six sessions. That's all it is. You don't really need so much time. I would say though, before starting CBTI, it is important to know what is the root cause of your insomnia. So if it's chronic pain, for example, then once we work on that chronic pain, then maybe the insomnia will get a lot better. Or if it is, I don't know, let's say a recent injury or pregnancy, something of that nature, Mm -hmm. then it will be important or asthma, breathing issue, work on that first or sleep apnea. But if, if all of those issues are not really coming into play, then you are a great candidate for CBTI. Mm -hmm. So the first step is to, that's the part I love the most is the sciency part where you learn all about your body's sleep system. How does your body shut down? Why does it need to shut down? What happens when it's not shutting down? Um, You also learn about sleep medications because many people who have insomnia are taking sleep aids, whether over the counter or prescribed. 
And that's the number one thing that clients often will say to me is, I don't want to be on meds anymore. Now, this is the part where you do have to work with your prescribing physician, because there is a section in CBTI that describes how to taper off medication safely. So that part, I can't work with you on that because I'm I'm a therapist, not a doctor, but it is a conversation starter for you and your prescribing physician or nurse practitioner. And then next you learn about the importance of relaxation and you start to monitor your sleep patterns. It takes maybe five minutes a day Mm. because it is important for you to realize what your sleep patterns look like. What time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? How many times do you wake up in the middle of the night? How much sleep are you actually getting? And what is your sleep efficiency? So sleep efficiency just simply means When you look at the time that you spent asleep, how much of that time are you actually spending asleep? Okay. Technically, you want your sleep efficiency to be 90-ish percent or higher. Most people with insomnia, I'm seeing people that have like 40% sleep efficiency. So let's say they were asleep for 10, like they were laying in bed for 10 hours. They only slept for four, which they're not. They're not sleeping for 10 hours ever. That's why it's insomnia. And then after that, you learn about stress and what that does in the body. You also learn about relaxation and how that helps you sleep. And then we introduce some relaxation exercises and things to just really calm your mind. We then talk about sleep hygiene. We look into your sleep environment. And I typically ask, do you like your bedroom? Do you like what it looks like? What it Hmm. smells like? What sounds are you getting from your bedroom? And I like to focus on all of the senses. So when you lay down at night, what do your sheets feel like? Are they Hmm. cool? Are they hot? Are they itchy? Do they smell? Do they get washed? What are you wearing to go to bed at night? Are you hot, itchy? We go through all of the process. Do Mm -hmm. you like it? Do you feel comfortable in it? Is your husband in the bed and is he snoring? Because for some people, that is the problem. That is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) So we talk about those things. We even talk about things like the paint on the walls. Do you like mm-hmm. the paint? Is your are your walls like a bright yellow that is just like bothering you? Maybe it's just something as simple as painting the walls if you can or putting mm-hmm. on a sleep mask at night so that, you know, you don't have to have like blaring lights. We talk about, you know, closing the curtains or some some people say, oh my gosh, it's so bright in my room. Just get some blackout curtains and then you can sleep again. It's that simple. <laughs> what types of activities are you doing in the bedroom? Some people spend so much time in the bedroom yeah. that their mind doesn't know. Your brain doesn't know that this room is for sleep. Yeah. Your brain thinks that your bedroom is now a work room. So all I say is that when you're in your bedroom, if you can, because it depends on you know what's going on in your household. The bedroom is for naps, Mm -hmm. it's for sleep, it's for sex, and it's for relaxation. That is it. It's not for working all day. And I know it's difficult now with the pandemic going Mm -hmm. on, but if you do, say you live in, you rent a room in a house, for example, stay off of your bed when it's not sleep time. Okay, good. Right. Yeah, because I know a lot of people that will eat in their beds or do work in their beds. That's not a good plan. (laughs) Even watching TV. Yeah. No, no, no. I say take the TV out of the bedroom, except you're just a naturally amazing, great sleeper. Mm -hmm. Then you can do whatever you want. But if you're already (laughs) struggling with sleep, then you want to put all these boundaries around your sleep. And basically, by the end of CBTI, you become your own sleep expert. You get to know your body so well 
so that if insomnia ever comes back, you just have to just go back and say, what, let me look at my notes and let me just do some little tweaks here and there. Cause a lot of people have come back and said, well, my sleep is kind of off. And then we start going through the process and they're like, oh yeah, by looking at my sleep diary, I know exactly what I'm doing wrong. I don't even need you to tell me. I already know. Mm-hmm. You become a detective on yourself, huh? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's pretty <laughs> cool. Okay. So I I know that you wanted to have more people have access to that because there's not exactly a lot of people that are trained in CBTI, but there are right. a lot of people that suffer with insomnia. So tell us yeah. what your solution for this is. So because not everybody can come see me in California, mm-hmm. it's just not possible. And I wanted to expand the reach because insomnia just feels awful. I created a course. It's a self-paced course. You can do it at your time and you will have, you will get time to talk to me. We'll do some group coaching as well. You'll be part of a Facebook community for those six weeks so that we get to problem solve together and you don't feel like you're alone. And the course is called Banish Insomnia Fast. Six week course. We walk you through the process. You don't do it alone. You get to be your own sleep detective and you really get to figure out what is causing your insomnia so that you can get rid of it. No medications, no lab tests, no doctors included, because that's the first thing people say, I don't want any doctors and I don't want any meds. I can't prescribe you meds even if I wanted to. So (laughs) that's the important thing. And you get lifetime access to the course so that you always get back. It's a series of videos, and worksheets that just walk you through the process in about 10 minutes a day, really. So it doesn't take that much of your time. Good. So it's called Banish Insomnia Fast. Banish Insomnia Fast, because we're trying to work through this as fast as we can so that you can start sleeping as soon as you can. Good. And what's the website for that? Where can they find that? So they can find it on banishinsomnia.com. Typically, you know, um, my goal is to launch it a few times a year. But when we're not in a launch season and when you go to the website, you can actually just join the wait list so that you can be notified when the course is up and running again. Great. That sounds like a really good resource. So uh, Ivy, while we're um, having these conversations, you know that the name of my practice and the name of the podcast is Soul Grit. I really care about taking care of our souls. And so I'm asking each of my guests, what are you doing for soul care? I wake up every morning and the first thing I do, I have my Bible right there Mm -hmm. and I grab my Bible and I just dig into the word because I find that when the first thing I do is dig into social media, it just puts me in a tailspin before I used to wake Mm -hmm. up every morning and just check my email, like first thing in the morning. And I was like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. So I just grab my Bible, open it up and I just start reading and I say a quick prayer and then I get out of my bed. So I do that before my feet even hit the floor because that just gets me in a great, you know, mind space and mindset for the day. Another thing that I love is worship music. Yeah. I'm very intentional about worship music. It helps lift my mood. It helps me remember all the promises that God has for me. Keeps me encouraged, keeps anxiety at bay. And I just, just dance around my house (laughs) or when I'm driving, you might see me driving around town, just like dancing to my worship music. (laughs) Do you have an artist that you like? 
right now I'm listening a lot to Maverick music. Oh, oh my gosh. Same. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I'm just like every time they release release a new video, I'm just like, you I need it. to listen to this. Yes. Yeah. On replay. <laughs> On replay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I discovered them this year during the pandemic as well. <laughs> Me too. Great. They're awesome. Great. And then what about you? I'm sure you have something with taking care of your body because you care about sleep. That's taking care of yep. your body. Is there anything else that you do? Because that's part of soul care as well. So I like to do mindfulness exercises where I just sit down and I breathe. And actually my kids do that as well. They know that mm, they'll say, good. I love the calm app and I also love headspace and they do as well. So they'd be like, can we do headspace? <laughs> and cute. we just sit and we just breathe. And I really like that. I like to also meditate on scripture that really helps mm. me. Yeah, I'll just pick one that's speaking to me and speaking to my situation. And I'll just literally say it out loud sometimes or in my head over and over and over and over again until it just really like feels like it's feeding my soul. I love to do that. I love to eat. I love food. <laughs> I don't love cooking. I do cook a lot, but I don't love to do it. But I do love to cook. I love spending time with my family. That's That just really feeds me because my love language is quality time. So that's yeah. really helpful. I love to be silly and goofy and just jump around and bounce around. And my kids just stare at me and are like, what's wrong? So embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids are right at the right age for embarrassing them, right? <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, what is she doing? Sometimes they just pretend like they can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen that look in your daughter's eyes before. <laughs> Yes, she's like, oh gosh, this is weird. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, um, Ivy, before we wrap up here, I just want to mention that you're not only a sleep expert, you also are an expert on just women in general with anxiety and also um, yes. couples and the marriage relationship. You even get into dating and all of that. So, yes. especially if you are a woman of color, that. Mm -hmm. Ivy is the person for you. And if you're not in California and you can't um, hire her for therapy, then you can go to her website and there's a lot of yes. free resources. I was just yes. um, stalking your page the other day and I was like, <laughs> wow, she has really put out free eBooks and, and different mm -hmm. materials. There's lots of videos that you have that are available if they follow you on social media or anything like that. And so you really are pouring a, out a lot of care for people with anxiety and, and people of color. And so I really appreciate right. that you do all of that. And I'm always just so impressed with you. So just want to say you. thank you for being here and for lending your expertise to this really important topic of sleep and, and even just that God cares about that. So thank you, Ivy. Yes. And thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And of course, if you want to find my therapy website and all the resources that Anne is talking about, you can find me at thezinniapractice.com. And I'm on Facebook as The Zinnia Practice and Instagram as well. Yeah. And I will link that in the show notes so you can find that really easily. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Ivy. Thank you. The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.